1: hello and welcome to the gaily prophet a humorous yet ruthless podcast for two queer irl witches read harry potter and talk about it i am america's favorite griffin dandy lark malachi gray
0: and i am griffin dyke extraordinaire jesse blount and today we are talking about chapter 23 the yule ball part one because this is a lot this is a hefty chapter so we're breaking it up into two parts
1: it's just too much chapter.
0: <laughs> it real, it really is. It is m- much chapter. All right. So for the first part of this chapter, it is finally Christmas break. And uh, Harry's just chillaxing with the rest of the Gryffindors, uh, avoiding tainted food that the twins are currently product testing. Uh, Ron is badgering Hermione by her date, but she's not telling, which good for her. Uh, Ron is just... Literally complete dick to everyone in this chapter. And Harry just doesn't seem to give a fuck because he does not call him out on that. No. Nope. Sirius does right back to Harry, proud of his little jock godson, <laughs> but he warns him not to be complacent. Uh, Harry blows this advice off along with his homework and figuring out the clue for the second task. Anyway, it's Christmas Day and Dobby is back with his serious lack of boundaries. But all is forgiven. They exchange holiday socks and Ron does the only half nice thing he does in this entire chapter and give Dobby his Christmas sweater. Um, Harry gets some plot and not plot-related gifts from his chosen family. And later that day, it's time for a party! Even though Harry and the rest of the boars in his dorm just get dressed up with an air of melancholy, which is mildly confusing. <laughs> Poverty, by the way, looks great. Padma looks great. Ron looks like he's in sad vampire drag, much to Padma's displeasure. Hermione has her 1990s teen movie moment where her friends literally do not recognize her with her hair did, bomb lighting, and new man, the Bulgarian Quidditch team, until Harry is literally standing next to her. <laughs> uh, poverty saves Harry from a complete graceless noob on their way to dinner. And for whatever reason... Percy is here instead of Crouch Senior for plot reasons and there is more work for the for the households of Hogwarts at dinner. Victor tells us about himself and all of us uneducated Americans finally get the correct pronunciation of Hermione's name.
1: Yes. Um, Before we get into it, two things. One, my neighbor is building a garage. It's very loud. I've done everything in my power to dampen the sound of power tools. (laughs) Oh, no. I have, I've done as much sound dampening as I can, but if you, you know, hear the sound of drilling and sawing in the background, I'm sorry. Uh, Two, and more importantly, this is our first episode that we're recording since Jesse's injury. You know, the vibes might be a little different. Bear with us.
0: Yeah, I am still trying to figure out what I am taking for my pain management. So, well, yeah, we'll see how this goes.
1: Yep. All right, so (laughs) we're going to start things off with
0: today's
1: headlines. Yossified Hermione stars in her own private (laughs) rom-com. She
0: is in her own (laughs) private rom-com! I love it. Yeah,
1: I want this chapter from Hermione's POV if anyone wants to write that fanfic and send it my way, please. Anyway, we're going to turn to the front page where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else
0: okay um i have to start off with (sighs) i did not know that canary creams were based on a real uk food until literally three weeks ago
1: i didn't either please tell me more
0: all right so uh i actually was online looking up some recipe for something else completely different and i found a recipe for uh custard creams which are like it's like a kind of like a shortbready sandwich cookie that has like a cream filling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is what canary creams are based off of. Because up until that point, I had sort of been imagining a canary cream like a little tart, like a little cream tart. Mm. Um, or if you ever had, I don't know if you ever had a butter tart from that. It's a Canadian thing. Nope. It's like a little tiny cream filled, like quarter size dessert thing. Interesting.
1: I always imagined any claire i don't know why though
0: the cream part i think it's yeah. the cream because if you put cream in the name you're like oh so the emphasis is on the cream filling right so it must be a sizable amount of the thing that you're consuming right mm-hmm.
1: yeah fascinating so it's like a cookie like a sandwich cookie yeah
0: huh. yeah actually i don't know i'm i wasn't going to try to make them because it involves this custard powder that i got on sale at like the one of the fancy specialty grocery stores that was imported from the UK. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what do I do with this? (laughs) Because the custard made wasn't very good. So like, what do I do? But you can use it in the making of these cookies. Oh, cool. Maybe one day.
1: Yeah. All right. I want to start off with just, I think as always, every time Pigwidgeon is in a chapter, I want to start with the fact that I love Pigwidgeon so much. He is my favorite animal companion. Sorry, Crookshanks. Uh... (laughs) He's just so cute and so fun. I think he kind of reminds me of, like, the owl version of
0: Rufio. I can definitely see this. Right? He's
1: just like, I'm so happy that you're paying attention to me. Like, yeah, squish me, pick me up, whatever. I love it. I'm just so happy to have your attention.
0: Right. And, like, you could just sort of imagine, like, because Pigwidgeon is so tiny and doesn't have any kind of the innate... Uh, grace and dignity of like say Hedwig right that he's just literally vibrating with the energy of being so excited
1: yeah yeah he's definitely the pit bull of owls uh energy wise vibe wise
0: yeah I yeah (laughs) (laughs) completely
1: (sighs) all right yes what do you have next
0: um just that I don't uh I mean, I guess I do know why this Hermione's line where she's like twitchy little ferret. Aren't you Malfoy? Had such a hold on the fanfic community when this book came out and maybe mm-hmm. still is because I feel like I feel like I've read hundreds of fanfictions where Hermione always is like, going to dig in at Malfoy about being turned into a ferret. And mm-hmm. so to like read it canonically, I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is what started
1: it is so good and it really is like we get so few moments of Hermione just being like confident in a way that isn't like defensive I don't really know how to describe you know usually she's confident and she's like defending her competence but in situations like this and like when she hits Malfoy she's like I know my worth and like I will demonstrate it now in a way that I have like none of my worth tied up in
0: yeah yeah i don't know if you clock this or have this in a later section but i did notice this that in instances like this in this chapter she would she was given better description words for her voices like she was like maybe this one was sardonically or maybe i'm just filling that in in my brain because i'm just like oh it was a sardonic comment. but i think she didn't get any like shrill or anything like super gendered in a negative way that that she makes usually so much gets? sense i don't know why i didn't write that down but i got it hang on
1: scathingly
0: scathingly thank you mm-hmm. so
1: yeah and she also gets to say something loudly
0: she which does. is a
1: truly uh judgment-free description of having your voice raised
0: yeah
1: <sighs> yep that makes a lot of sense i think Um, All right, my next thing is about my love of Dobby and his love of mismatched socks. And I don't know. I mean, I just think he, like, his dedication to having his socks be two different colors is, like, very lovely. And it makes me feel very frustrated with how much Harry does not appreciate the gift that Dobby has made for him because they're such great socks.
0: Uh yeah, I have like literally four things in the front page about this. I pro- it probably just is a rant at that point. But, <laughs> uh yeah, so let's yes, let's let's start off. I guess maybe from your last point is, I think Dobby is onto something about you could if you have like complimentary socks that socks that didn't match that'd be really cute. But I feel like you can only ever buy socks that match,
1: like they don't come in like two different. But if you buy cute socks that come in a pack then they all technically That's match. True.
0: That is true. Yeah. I also have to say the fact that Dobby is like, socks are his favorite clothing. is just like cry, endless cry emoji. <laughs> um, and then he was like, I fucking love socks so much. I'm going to learn how to fucking knit socks. And I'm just mm-hmm.
1: like, but he knit the first pair that he learned how to knit for Harry. He still only has seven socks.
0: <sighs> I know. I know. And the socks that he knits are fucking cute. They're the so cute. And the br- that's fucking, that is fucking adorable. I'm like, yes, I would wear those socks. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's so, it's so cute. It's so tender mm-hmm. in a way that like, I feel like I definitely appreciate more now as an mm-hmm. adult, as someone who always asks for like socks for Christmas.
1: I know. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's just, it's so cute. It's so good.
1: I agree. So, I wanted to touch on uh, the knife that Sirius gives Harry for Christmas. My f- so, like, my first thought was like, I bet people are like really mad about this and point to this as like Sirius being an irresponsible parent because this is much a like, hey, get up to mischief, teen kind of gift. And I was like, but I think that's fine. And then I was like, Harry is a kid who is constantly in danger people are constantly trying to kill him and i think that here is this knife that can like get you out of most terrible situations that you're in is actually like the most practical gift this is the socks of gifts for harry potter
0: you know i never thought that this gift was irresponsible but i was also one of those teen girls who like always carried a knife Mm because i took the bus a lot at night and by myself and so it was kind of like why wouldn't i have a knife mm-hmm. so i don't know i guess it never it never occurred to me that this is a thing people point to be like he's so
1: not because it's a knife but because it can open locks oh
0: but yeah i mean i think you're right like again harry gets into so much bullshit and if you're like concerned that someone's gonna try to murder him i think having a knife that can open knots
1: <laughs> yeah. and
0: locks is yeah yeah so practical
1: yeah If this hadn't melted in book five, this could have gotten them out of the Malfoy's dungeon. I know. And then Dobby would still be alive.
0: It actually makes me wonder if this is some kind of a, like, family heirloom kind of deal. Just because it would make sense. It's like, if you had a knife like this and it broke, you would think the first thing you would do if you had Harry Potter's life would to go buy a new one immediately.
1: Harry's... That's, like, just not who he is as a person. This is true. This
0: is true. This is so true. It would, like, never
1: occur to him. Bless his soul. I just can't. You'd just be like, well, I lost my knife. Bye forever.
0: This incredibly useful thing that could literally save me and my friends' lives. Don't need it.
1: Nope. What do you have next?
0: Um, just to briefly go back to this, that I think the way that Ra was an asshole to those like thirteen-year-old girls makes me think that he has insecurities about the size of his owl. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I feel like I caught you off
1: guard. I mean, you did catch me off guard. That's <sighs> incredible. <sighs> uh, yeah. No. Hmm that's so funny oh poor ron and his poor poor masculinity all right
0: um i f- one of the things that harry describes as being one of the reasons that he didn't recognize hermione is that it's like oh like she's like standing different but it's like oh maybe because she's not carrying a like overstuffed book bag and it's like hunched over which i'm mm-hmm. like what a specific '90s nerd thing that is, because this is before like roller backpacks became a, an acceptable thing to bring to school. Mm-hmm. So if you were a person like me and just had like ten library books shoved in amongst your textbooks, you really were just ruining your spine out there, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and fucking high school.
1: <laughs> yep, I noted that. I noted that also. It's like, oh my god, what a nightmare! I walked so far home from school when I was in middle school because, like, I was bullied too much to take the bus, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna walk." And like, even just with my textbooks in my bag, I think it was like thirty pounds of backpack plus my fucking trombone that I'd be schlepping home.
0: It's like,
1: why? <laughs> like...
0: I know why. Why the fuck were textbooks so heavy? It's like. or like give us
1: two right you could have broken
0: this up into volumes
1: yeah or like one for school and one that you just keep at home to do your homework so that you're not like carrying all of this around all the time (laughs) yeah anyway
0: uh okay i have so one more thing okay is that i gotta say i really do love this deep cut foreshadowing about the room requirement Mm -hmm. Dumbledore is like I found this room full of beautiful chamber pots and I never found it again and it's just like excellent foreshadowing but just such a funny anecdote
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's great it is so can I ask you a question yeah every time I've read this until this time I was like because it's 530 in the morning I'm like did Dumbledore have to like leave his like little tower where he lives to like walk to the bathroom like there's not a bathroom in his little house apartment whatever the fuck or was he just like up at 530 in the morning for like whatever reason
0: okay so I also this also didn't occur to me until this read also but I think he was just up and like wandering around the castle okay you know and like that makes me feel a
1: lot better because the idea of their like quarters not having bathrooms Makes me feel miserable.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that would make even less sense than so many things that don't make sense at Hogwarts. But I feel like there's got to be bathrooms, and I think that just because Dumbledore is probably an insomniac, mm. and on top of all his scheming, probably spends a lot of time wandering the castle at night. hmm So.
1: Yeah, okay. That makes me feel a lot better.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like this place has plumbing. Like, there's clearly bathrooms and like you're the fucking headmaster pushing for fucking bathroom right
1: yeah okay great welcome to the education section where we talk about goddamn schools
0: schools plural very exciting we yeah we get a very li- a little bit of description bare minimal amount of description about what other schools are like or what Dermstrang and Bobaton are like
1: uh my notes are very minimal which is Dermstrang sounds like a nightmare and Bobaton sounds dreamy
0: all right okay i have i have Dermstrang also first cuz i think we get Victor talking before we get Flora talking
1: mm-hmm.
0: is do you get the sense from his description then that Dermstrang is like goes all year long or has like shorter summer breaks because he's like oh well we fly in the summertime I'm like aren't you at home in the summertime
1: hmm interesting i'm hmm. maybe they have a different maybe they have a different school year so that they're you no know? hmm maybe he just means like in the warm times you know, like yeah. May, June, September.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But apparently it's not heated, this castle.
0: Yeah, that's my next point. Why is it so fucking cold? Why why are these schools cold? You have magic. Like,
1: why are you only lighting the fires for magic purposes? Like, no. Keep these children warm. <laughs> what are you doing? And
0: I've had a... And it's almost like, oh, I wonder why everyone's got into the dark arts. They're fucking freezing. They're fucking miserable. (laughs) And they're angry because they're in this small ass, cold ass castle. Yep. (laughs) When it's like, we literally have magic. There's no reason. There's literally no reason for this.
1: No. I mean, you shouldn't even be relying on fires for heat. Like, there should be a spell that just, like, makes the castle warm. And all of a sudden, I'm like... I'm like, what would the spell be? Because I think that we're talking about carry-on worlds. And I was like, I bet warm and cozy makes a space warm. But it would have to be Latin, and I don't speak Latin, so I don't know what the spell would be in this world.
0: Yeah. But presumably you could just spell the stone to not be cold.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Magical in-floor heat. So dreamy. Right? So much better than, like... Fire based heat.
0: This is clearly also why Bobaton is superior because Flora would not be in a school where there was no fucking heat. That's why she's so pissed now. Right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) She's like, why won't anyone turn up the thermostat? What is happening?
1: She is used to much better conditions than they are being provided at Hogwarts. And everyone's like, ugh, she's so stuck up. And it's like, I'm sorry, she's used to never melting ice sculptures and being serenaded by wood nymphs. And you think that she's supposed to just be like, Hogwarts is great. No, it's terrible. I mean, it's terrible all by itself, but in comparison, it's like, this is trash.
0: I know, it's like, why I'll even go here? You could have gone... Why did why did why does more people go to Bobaton? It sounds so much lovelier than going to Hogwarts.
1: Yeah, because I think it is actually location based, even though the narrative doesn't know what the fuck it's doing and it's like, no, it's competitive. But
0: yeah, heaven heaven forbid you're living in a country without a magic school. Sucks to be you. Yep. I do actually have a question about Bobaton though for you. Okay. And I don't remember if we talked about this already, but. Floor calls it a palace so do you do you also just imagine listening like Versailles where they're (laughs) fucking learning
1: yeah I do now Mm -hmm. I bet it's so much better I bet it's so colorful and like beautiful and dreamy
0: there's music there we get (laughs) we only get music literally twice at this school (laughs) it's true and fleur is like why aren't there wouldn't serenading me while i eat
1: yeah
0: and if i was her i would also be like this is fucking shitty y'all this is my last my last year of school and this is what happens wait yes
1: yeah yeah <laughs> um so i do actually before we exit this section have a a hogwarts note although i guess we've made a lot of hogwarts notes but just um Apparently, they have been given a very heavy load of homework to do over the Christmas, may I emphasize this word, break. This is a break that they have been given during which they have to do a heavy load of homework. What the fuck? Why? Stop it. Like, it just made me be like, school is like just preparation for participation in grind culture, which is not new right but just like to have that be true in this world where they have magic i'm just like take a break as an idea like teachers take a break students get like also give them a break it's called vacation like what the fuck are you doing I'm so yeah, mad the, about it.
0: This is why I'm actually not mad about Harry being like, yeah, fuck homework. Because be, I would have done the exact same thing. I would have been like, I'm not looking at this shit until the night before we go back yeah. to class. Yeah, exactly. I know I literally live here. But there would there would be no not even looking at the assignment until that Sunday before we go back
1: to yeah. school. Yeah. <laughs> then you look at it and you're like, why is this so much? I've been on vacation. When did you expect me to do this? Yeah. Uh, yep. Good
0: for Harry. I know. I know. Sorry, I was just thinking about like which teachers would you be able to be like, I'm so sorry I didn't. Can I get an extension? And I feel like it's maybe like, maybe Flitwick <laughs> and Sprout. <laughs> maybe it. And Sprout and no one else. No. Everyone else is like, sucks to be you.
1: Mm-hmm. Welcome to. What might be our longest yet politics section, where we talk about things that are fucked up.
0: So many things are fucked up.
1: So many things are fucked up. Please start.
0: Um, I guess we're gonna start off with the start with start off with fat phobia. I think is where we're gonna start off with. We get a sort of very gross comment about. Fleur worried about that she's going to be gaining weight with all of the heavy Hogwarts food and Hermione being like what? A-? And it's just like and like a bad not is already gross but also just like bitch you are cold! Eat some stew! Like, it's fine! Like, and just this like ah, about it I
1: okay, for me my dislike of the way that Fleur is being shamed for like being too feminine outweighs my dislike of her internalized fat phobia. I'm like much more upset about Hermione's attitude toward floor than I am about Flora's attitude toward her own body. Because You know that's No, go ahead.
0: I would say that's fair because the amount of just femphobic vitriol we get at floor from basically the minute she introduces a character from mm-hmm. like Almost everyone in the narrative is pretty fucked up.
1: Yeah, it sucks. And like, I don't think there's anything wrong with like thinking highly of yourself or like valuing your appearance or like caring about how you present yourself to the world. And like, Hermione just being like, she thinks so highly of herself. It's like, so what? Like, I mean, A, that's literally a superpower is what she yeah. looks like. So like you probably would too. <laughs> like, but B, it's also just like, fine. Um, and I sort of feel like, I don't know, when I read it, I'm like, is Flora's primary complaint? Like I'm eating in a way that I'm not used to eating and it makes me feel like overfull and uncomfortable in my body. And the only way that she knows how to express that is like, oh, it's going to make me fat. Because I feel like that's more what I, like, when she's like, this food is too heavy, I won't be able to fit into my robes. What I really hear her saying is, like, I'm, like, not digesting this well. I'm not used to eating this way. And it's, like, I don't like it. Which I also get, like, desperate for vegetables in situations where I'm, like, eating, like, being not in control of what I'm eating. And I'm, like, yeah, I don't know.
0: No, I mean, I think you're right, because as we've already noted before, there are rarely rarely vegetables at Hogwarts, and if I were to make some guesses, I'm sure all these stews are full of root vegetables, which, I mean, I love, don't get me wrong, about a root vegetable, but, you know, not a lot of uh, balance in a Hogwarts meal.
1: No, not at all.
0: No no acidity, no, like, (laughs) pickled things, like, it's just like... Here's a bowl of beef stew and a like broth with some vegetables. Mm-hmm. Like, have at it.
1: Here's some bread to go with your potatoes. It's just like I would so, be so miserable too.
0: Right, and I mean, you know, French food is obviously also full of like cheese and butter and cream and like pate, but it's not. It's not quite the same as what's happening here.
1: Yeah, and I think the. I mean this is based on like just a very vague cultural understanding, but I feel like the way that eating works in France is very different from the UK and the U S also where it's like meals take a lot longer, you know, maybe the like amount of food that you eat in a sitting is less, but like consumed over a longer period of time. Like the whole attitude, I think culturally that I think is shared between the UK and the U S of like sit down, eat, be done in like 15 minutes is not universal at all and so i feel like that would also be very hard to adjust to
0: yeah and i mean there's a reason that i mean there's a lot of a bunch of reasons why people elevate french cooking over other cultural cooking but no one's elevating it over traditional uk or say i think the equivalent in america cuisine would be like midwestern mm-hmm. <laughs> cooking just because, like, so food in the South has its own, obviously, cultural, multicultural in- influences, so I really can't compare the two between, like, the beef stew kind of vibe of Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: Um. All right, so the next thing that I have is when Draco finds out that Hermione has a date and says, you're kidding, someone asked that to the ball
0: malfoy's bigotry is like intensifying Mm -hmm. where it's like right like he both calls he both dehumanizes hermione in both of the sentences that he says about her Mm -hmm. and i'm like you just really are just uh drinking the kool-aid of like neo-nazism aren't you malfoy like what the shit
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's really gross
0: yeah, and yeah, I think it just—it I feel like it honestly just keeps getting worse until he's depressed in season in season woof in book six. Same difference. I mean, essentially. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the ethics of what the twins are doing
1: with the food.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, it's real bad. I mean, not—I mean, product testing on your peers, not great. Also, uh, hiding food in people's food that they're not aware of is also real shitty. Uh, Real terrible. I'm kind of like, how are you guys even going to trust any of each other after this canary cream thing? And like, I don't know. What if someone's fucking allergic to some shit in the canary cream? Then what?
1: It's not the twins doing the hiding, right? People have bought the canary creams and are pranking each other now, right? Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. So I guess, I don't know. I guess maybe then there's, there's just two separate issues where it's like other kids are taking this real far, and but this is also a completely unknown, untested product on like other people.
1: They do say that they test everything on themselves first.
0: It's a very small sample. Size.
1: It is a very small sample size.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know. It just feels. I I don't. It doesn't bother me. I think because it's. It seems like they are careful to make sure that it's as safe as they're capable of making sure of before they do it. And then like it's really harmless. Like, it's over really quickly. It's like the equivalent of like putting a whoopee cushion on someone's chair or like that gum that turns your mouth black that you could buy it, like gags and gifts to give to your friends. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's just like a ridiculous prank that I think probably gets boring really quickly once everyone's like, oh my god. Like, how many times is someone going to turn into a canary? You know, it's, like, not funny anymore. And then they're like, I guess we better come up with a new product.
0: Neville's been a canary so many times.
1: I'm sure Neville has been a canary so many times. That is an ethical issue because if someone's being targeted, then it becomes bullying. But
0: I mean, I feel like everyone bullies Neville. So that's why I'm like, oh, poor Neville.
1: Yeah, definitely. Do you want to talk about Hermione's teeth?
0: I sure do. Oh my god, I have so many things about her teeth. Also, I also want to talk about her hair also. Okay. So, but yes, let's talk about her teeth.
1: Yeah. I want to hear what you have to say.
0: I kind of, like, I... I kind of hate this. Like, 90s team makeover, now you're a beautiful girl kind of shit. Um, Just because, like, I don't know, like, teeth teeth gaps are cute. And, like, having, like, larger front teeth is cute. It's just... I don't know. And, like, I also understand, like, Hermione being like, this is something that has been really bothering me, so, like, I'm just gonna fucking, you know, adjust it myself. hmm She would have been just as worthy of dating Victor Crumb if she had not have done that, I guess.
1: I mean, obviously, right? Yeah. Well, I don't remember when in the timeline she had her teeth fixed. Yeah. Um. Yeah. people. People hate this. And... I don't. I feel more like what you just said, which is like, she's like, I've been wanting to change them forever. She has repeatedly asked her parents to let her make this change. It seems like, you know, it wasn't a response to Snape's bullying in that moment. It was something she had been thinking about previous to that. And like, I mean, we've even just in like emails and stuff that we've gotten from listeners, people have like brought this up sort of offhandedly. Uh, so I know that this is probably an unpopular stance to take, but I'm just like, I think it's like body positivity has to go in all directions. And that includes accepting it when people want to change their bodies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, I know that people are going to be like, well, she only wants to because she was bullied. And I would like to respond to that with like, it is literally impossible to know what your motives are. Like, it's for sure societal like societal beauty standards and bullying and probably also personal preference. And, like, she can't be expected to or even, like, it's impossible to, like, pull those strings out and it doesn't even make sense to try. Like, if what mm. the reality of her situation is, is, like, I want my teeth to be different, then that is, like a full stop sentence that she gets to have and like it's fine for her to change her teeth as a
0: result of that you know I might have some evidence for you to support this canonically okay Uh, okay so I noticed in when Hermione was talking about this that you know she's like yeah I've been like I've been basically going back with my parents about it and they want to like keep with like regular dentistry and she specifically says braces and I'm Mm -hmm. like Does Hermione have braces and Harry's literally just never noticed? Or, like, does Hermione have, like, some kind of, like, Invisalign thing? Because that shit's Mm. fucking uncomfortable. And if she's, like, I don't want to go through another fucking six years of fucking braces, you know, then, like, and I can have this over in, like, two seconds, Mm -hmm. then that's, like, totally understandable.
1: Yeah, that, too. That's a great point. So. Yep.
0: And, I mean, again, we don't, you know, does she or doesn't she because Harry's just as completely oblivious. But Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, she. I mean, cool that they've been doing some stuff if her parents are dentists, you know? Right. So.
1: Yeah, maybe she does have braces and she's, like, doing a a charm to make them invisible so that there's nothing fun about having braces. Like, I definitely would have done a charm so that mine were not noticeable when I had them.
0: Well, I think they had some of the ones, like, put on the back of your teeth in the 90s because it's like a Simpsons joke about it. So... Yeah, right, and maybe right. Maybe Hermione just been spelling her braces away this entire time, mm-hmm. you know. Especially if like no one else has them, and all the like wiz- witching kids are like, "The fuck is on your face? Like, what mm-hmm. is hap?" Is like, you know, what another signal of her being a muggle. So that is, I would also totally buy that too.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense too. Yeah, cool. What what was the other stuff that you wanted to talk about with us? I mean.
0: I mean I don't know actually I feel like well I think Amelia's mostly wanted to just bring up like we see Hermione with her like hair not curly and just you know she has clearly pressed it or you know she says she used a potion like whatever the fuck and you know I just want to say that like uh Hermione's natural black hair is beautiful Mm -hmm. um and like you know obviously she's trying this look out she's trying this like teen girl montage look for this evening but you know and everyone's just like oh my god like what a surprise change and it's like is it just because you know she's looking more like a European beauty standard than normal and I'm just like fuck all you guys but Mm -hmm. also let you know again let Hermione have this
1: yeah I think it would be a problem if she continued doing it after the reaction that she gets tonight. But she gets to tomorrow and is like, no, that's like date night only, you know, like that took a long time. It was not worth it or like it was worth it for the night. But like it doesn't make any sense for my day to day life.
0: Yeah. I mean, it took her three hours to get ready for this party. I'm sure right now her hair is just like wash and go. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
1: I think um, I think there's something really fun about doing some sort like whatever you can do that's like super dramatic in terms of like getting ready for a date just so that you can be like I did so much to get ready for this date so I kind of understand Hermione being like that's the thing I could do that would feel like a really big deal just to make the night feel more special because she's going to the prom with an international Quidditch star like obviously you're going to be like what are all of the, like she can't go, like, get a Manny Petty. So, like, all right, completely radically change my hair for the night. That makes sense as an alternative.
0: Right. Especially since, like, literally no one else knew what the fuck's going on except for probably Ginny. Because mm-hmm. um, I feel like the sense that we get from Poverty and from Lavender is that they're, like, pretty femme, mm-hmm. you know? So I feel like, I don't know, if they would have helped Hermione get ready but maybe they would have a little bit just because they are still roommates Mm -hmm. but clearly hermione was getting ready somewhere else in the castle even she was like what the fuck hermione Mm -hmm. like that's hermione
1: (laughs) yeah oh my god she must have had so much fun with the reveal of herself to everyone in the hall like just the fact that she's having this rom-com moment for herself but it's like not even the you know she takes off her glasses and everyone realizes she's beautiful but like she doesn't understand it Hermione's like look I radically changed my appearance for fun for no reason other than I felt like it and like look at all you fools yeah I took my backpack off and I can stand up straight and my head's held high (laughs) and I'm fucking hot take it
0: I know everyone's like literally doesn't recognize her and they're like what it's like record scratch everyone's brain (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, I love it. She deserves it, you know.
0: Mhm. Um actually, I actually don't have anything else.
1: <sighs> okay.
0: All right, but I'm ready.
1: <laughs> All right. So I have three more things. We get an entry in the the Dursleys going out of their way to be cruel to Harry where they have sent him a single tissue, which is much much more work than sending him nothing,
0: it truly is,
1: yeah, it's that is that is villain behavior <laughs> you know like, that is so terrible.
0: I mean, I do act pretty villainous,
1: yeah, um, and then I on two fronts feel super bad for Ron in this chapter. one, why did Molly spend all this time and effort? knitting him a sweater in a color that he hates instead of sewing him a pair of dress robes. What the fuck? And then Percy is here wearing brand new dress robes. Why didn't he give Ron his old dress robes? They're built the same. Like like Bill, Percy, and Ron are tall and lanky. They would have fit him. It sucks so much.
0: That is so true. That had literally not occurred to me that is really shitty.
1: I don't understand what Molly this just this sort of this feels a little bit like the Dursley sending Harry a tissue honestly where it's like here's a sweater that you hate in the same color as the dress robes I bought you that you also hate when like she's really good at this like why would she not just make him a set of dress robes
0: she doesn't like Ron
1: she doesn't like Ron like that's that's it okay Um, And then my last thing is Dean saying that he can't figure out how Harry and Ron got the two best looking girls in the year. And it's like, did you ask
0: Parvati to the prom?
1: No, because she was still available when Harry asked. What were you going to say? Sorry.
0: No, I mean, you're right. Yeah. They were still single as of Friday before the Christmas break.
1: Yeah. Yeah. welcome to editorials where we rant about stuff
0: okay so i'm going to start off my rant with scoundrel jkr about how i wish these books would have been written better Mm -hmm. we literally never see harry wear any of these sweaters and Mm -hmm. maybe he's just an inconsiderate piece of shit which is a possibility but I think that he would definitely wear a sweater that Molly made him and he and she makes him a sweater every goddamn year. Mm-hmm. This one has a dragon on it that's fucking rad. But we just we just never get any of that. Like, it's like at that point, why even be like this beautiful sweater if Harry never fucking wears the sweater?
1: It's very confusing. When is he supposed to wear the sweater? Like over his robes, under his
0: robes? i don't know that is also very confusing considering harry's like not used to seeing people wearing colors in the Cameroon. i'm like are you guys just wearing black all the time like what
1: yes they only wear their school robes
0: it really just goes into another rant about how you should just don't knit shit for people who are ungrateful <laughs> <laughs> i mean children who you're like cannot expect to like say thank you you know whatever if you're like knitting things for people who are also knitters and i can really appreciate <laughs> the amount of work and effort that you've put into it but i don't know i'm kind of just like i feel like people don't understand how much time and effort goes into like hand knitting a thing mm-hmm.
1: yeah i i mean we do get the impression that harry likes the sweaters that he gets so it is just really weird that we never see him wear them because
0: i assume that he is wearing them because i'm just like he loves molly mm-hmm. he would totally wear a weasley sweater
1: Yeah. Um, All right. So it's Christmas Day. They have their Christmas Day snowball fight, right? Um, Hermione goes inside at five to get ready. They keep having a snowball fight for two more hours. Longest snowball fight in the history of time. And then they go in at seven when it's too dark to have a snowball fight anymore. It's Christmas Day in Scotland. Sunset on Christmas Day in Scotland is at 3.45 p.m. (laughs) So I just I was like so outraged. I'm I'm so angry. Like (laughs) she lives there. That's her home. I don't know if she lived there already when this came out. So I texted London just in case. It's ten minutes later in London. It's three fifty five. and then I was like, okay, but how long between, like, sunset and it's, like, too dark to have a snowball fight? So I learned so much about different <laughs> kinds of twilight today. And I hope you're very excited oh to I have am a lesson actually, in twilight.
0: <laughs> I, am very, I am very excited about this. Yes.
1: Right. Okay. So there are three stages of twilight. The first one is called civil twilight. And it's what comes between sunset and when it's, like, too dark to, like, not have an additional light source outside. Um, and so on christmas day so sunsets at 3 45 and civil twilight ends around 4 30 so that's when it's like you would need to have like a porch light on to be able to see mm-hmm. the next step of twilight is called nautical twilight and that's like you can keep doing things outside but it's like pretty dark you probably need like a lantern or whatever so i would say like as we enter into nautical twilight is when you're like oh i'm realizing that i actually can't see well enough to like aim a snowball anymore so on christmas day that's gonna end at 509 p.m the next stage of twilight is called astrological twilight and it literally is just about astrology so with nautical twilight you can start to see astrological bodies like maybe you can see venus but like no other stars Yeah. Um, astrological twilight is like when it's dark enough that you can see most stars in the sky but like you can't see all of them yet astrological twilight ends at 5 50 it is 100 <laughs> percent night before 6 p.m and again i cannot state enough this is her home that she's writing about <laughs> yeah i <laughs> it's not like she needed to look it up she needed to look outside like i this is the most mad I've ever been about research.
0: They're just really out there playing having snowball all fights in the pitch dark for like two hours. For two <laughs> hours. <laughs> <sighs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm really. I was very excited though to learn about uh, nautical and uh, astrological twilight.
1: Yeah, me too. I'm glad that I got to have this information as a result of my ire about this just utter narrative failure. (laughs) Just utter
0: nonsense.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, what's your next rant?
0: Um, This is a Harry Potter, which is, fuck Harry, let Percy be fucking smug. Mm. Like, I know that Percy goes on a really rambly, like, brown, nosy, you know, just rant about his promotion. But I think it's because he's fucking nervous. Like, he's, like, 17 or 18. He's just been promoted. He hasn't, like, actually heard from his boss. He's just getting letters. And now he's back at the school that he's that he was, like, just at less than a year ago. Like, this, like, adult professional. Like, that's a fucking huge deal. Mm-hmm. And Harry's just like, ugh, why is Percy so smug about this? Fuck you, Harry. <laughs> Not all of us can be fu- can be fucking bored famous. Jesus.
1: <laughs> yep, that makes sense.
0: It just makes you want to give Percy a hug. I'm like, this is a big deal. I'm so proud of you.
1: <laughs> I think Percy comes off as if he's poisoning Crouch, which I think someone does suggest <laughs> later.
0: <laughs> it would I mean it wouldn't surprise me. I think his his enthusiasm is just like, oh, you don't know what this sounds like to you, Percy. Because he's you're...
1: so careful. He's like, his mind is still great. Don't get me wrong. He's just, oh, he's getting on. He needs looking after. Good thing I'm here to help. And you're like, oh my God, are you poisoning your boss?
0: <laughs> like, Percy, you don't have the context to know that you sound a little bit like a syrup. <laughs> <this Yeah. section. laughs> Oh, it's so funny. <sighs>
1: anyway. um, That actually was my thing, so. Oh. You should go again.
0: How long since this has been since Hermione got her teeth fixed?
1: A long time.
0: A long time. Harry and, and Ron literally don't notice. This isn't like, oh, I didn't realize until, like, someone pointed out to me that you got a new haircut. It's like, something has radically differently changed about your face that I uh, that I look at. Every day. All day. And I just didn't even notice. Yep. It makes me mad for mind. Yep. They just both treat her so shittily.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's like, you know, unobservant. And then there's like, your friends. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we're going to get emails about this if we're not very careful in how we talk about it. I don't think we see enough evidence from either Harry or Ron that, like, they don't notice when things change about people. We see Harry hyper-aware to all changes and in, for instance, Draco Malfoy's appearance. So sure? Harry yeah. does not have a noticing problem. He has a noticing Hermione problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's also pretty aware of, uh, a, lot of a lot of people. Uh, you know, Cedric... Mm -hmm. Cho for example Mm -hmm. yeah (sighs) poor Hermione
1: agreed Um, okay (laughs) my last rant is another just like whatever so there's probably like 200 people at the school right now I reckon right like the first through third years most of them have gone home but like a few have stayed there's an additional 20 students there's the teachers I did the math that comes out to around 200 assuming Mm -hmm. Harry's Uh, class size is indicative of like the school population right there are apparently quote unquote at least 100 turkeys at this feast which comes to around 10 pounds of turkey per person (laughs) for anyone who hasn't you know cooked for thanksgiving the math is 1.25 pounds of turkey per person eating the turkey why
0: i don't know it's a really good point that is a lot of turkey. I guess it's like a turkey per table and there's 12 people at a table. But that's... It still seems like a gross... For like a lunch. Like it's not like it's dinner. Right. This is like lunch before you're having a feast. Later. Yep. It does not make any sense. Yeah.
1: Nope.
0: I guess they're gonna be eating turkey soup for the next three days. I don't know how food at Hogwarts work. Food at Hogwarts works.
1: I mean, I hope they're eating turkey soup, but... You can I mean make someone is enough turkey soup for like thousands of people
0: <laughs> <laughs> with that many
1: turkey carcasses. <laughs> Just like 500 gallon like <laughs> barrels of bone broth. <sighs> I don't know.
0: They aren't making a lot of soup now. I don't know.
1: It's true. Welcome to Advertisements where we ask you for money and then make you laugh. If you love this podcast, and specifically if you love Jesse, uh, <laughs> you should maybe consider joining our Patreon. As you, I think, all know at this point, Jesse recently suffered a big injury, and we're trying to increase our Patreon income to the point where hashtag ruthless is her IRL job. As of this recording, which is March 1st, we're around $4,000 away from that goal, but we'll be closer by the time this episode comes out, and we are hoping that you can get us even closer today when you're listening to this.
0: Yeah, and you know, no pressure, but if you just happen to have a couple extra dollars or know people who have extra dollars who also like Harry Potter, you should... (laughs) Loving about this podcast. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) So, yes. um, We would appreciate it very much. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash thegailyprophet. And now... Dress or Robes is the new trivia game taking the witching world by storm. Each episode, players go head-to-head to to try to get the most correct answers to the question, are they the witching world's best dressed, or are they just wearing a dress? (laughs) be prepared to have your robes rocked when you tune in this tuesday at 6 p.m for the premiere episode of dress or robes
0: my god
1: it leads us beautifully into welcome to the fashion section where we talk about fashion
0: this 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 a new segment i think for this show because rarely everyone's just in their school uniform
1: i think we had a fashion segment when uh we were at the world
0: cup mm. all right well very excited to have this section back
1: yes me too
0: um are you cool just going just like through the through the chapter of everyone's outfits
1: um i would like to actually if we can just start with a discussion of like what we think the difference between between dresses and robes is i have please tell me in all caps
0: i uh, this is hard for me because i really i honestly still don't know what the difference is besides i guess they're i mean it must it must be a thing it must be the cut of them in some way that jkr just counter JKR is just really bad at describing or like didn't feel like describing because the robes if ron's dress robes are indistinguishable from a dress then everyone's robe is indistinguishable from a dress
1: i agree i just don't know like where the hell is the line between a floaty periwinkle robe or a frilly pink robe and a dress
0: i don't know it's somehow less femme i don't know <laughs> that seems to really be the like only is being like oh no ev- not everyone's not just wearing a fancy dress it's a robe cuz yeah i i i don't <laughs> think there's a like a I... yeah i just don't understand
1: i feel like robe i honestly like frilly pink robes i'm like okay i can i can go with that it's the part where hermione's robes are floaty that i'm like i think that i think of robe as having a like a density and and texture connotation like a heft connotation and it does not go with floaty so if you can have a floaty robe i don't know what the fuck a robe is anymore
0: i mean i think i feel like maybe when i looked it up when we were talking about the world cup it's like yeah it's like there are definitely also robes that like don't have any kind of fastening like in the front kind of like a bathrobe where it just looks like a dress because it's like floor length
1: yeah i feel like it's just like a pullover long-sleeved ankle length dress
0: yeah so everyone's just wearing a dress but
1: ron's dress isn't butch enough It's also his least favorite color
0: the this this the scoundrel was too uncomfortable to just be like everyone's wearing a dress
1: yeah i guess so I also sorry. Also, Ron's like, oh, everyone like thinks my my robes look like a dress. Like he was like, Mom, you like gave me Jenny's new dress. And it's like, everyone wears only robes in this world. How does Ron know what a dress is?
0: What even differentiates a dress besides Ron's anger about it?
1: Right. It doesn't make it make any sense. Like Molly apparently has never worn a dress in her whole life.
0: But Ginny has. Right? I don't. Yeah.
1: I mean, because they wear muggle clothes in the summer, which we don't even know where they get those muggle clothes or why they would do that. Yeah. (sighs) These books are really inconsistent and it's so frustrating.
0: Yeah. I think this is, I feel like has always been like one of the more annoying parts of the like the way the books are written for me is that. Yeah, I think as a kid, I was like, everyone's wearing really fancy bathrobes, essentially. Because I'm mm-hmm. just like, what else would differentiate this from just like being a dress? hmm You know?
1: I always imagine like cartoon wizard robes, which is just a dress, but you tie a rope around your waist.
0: Everyone's just wearing a belt. That's mm-hmm. the difference. Yeah. But it, it actually even still doesn't explain like what exactly Ron is upset about. Mm -mm. because we just don't get enough description of the difference, you know? And I don't know. I've definitely, like, read stuff where the, like, clothing description is, like, a little bit too, like, assumed you know what a, like, A-line dress is kind of shit. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't fucking know that shit. I'm too but Like, like, Mm -hmm. I don't fucking know. I'm butch. I don't know what the fuck that shit means. But there are definitely ways you could use your words as a writer to... Understand the effect of, like, it's more fitted. It's made of fancier fabric. It has a certain, like, it ends at your forearm and not your wrist. Just, like, shit that even if you don't know things about fashion, you could just be, like, this is the difference in look between the sort of, like, looser student-like robes and, like, these dress robes. Right.
1: The tailoring. The seams. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, like, cut lower or there's bigger collars or i mean harry says that mouthful looks like a vicar mm-hmm. <laughs> which really just so he's just he's just wearing a like frock coat essentially like he's just wearing a really long coat
1: i think it's the collar that makes him think he looks like a vicar yeah because it has like a standing up collar apparently Which sounds very goth i'm into it
0: oh yeah i mean it is it's pretty goth it seems very like traditional pure blood for whatever sort of, uh yeah
1: um but did you want to go through the robes or
0: uh i did actually if that is we don't have to go through all of them but i just we just get so many descriptions i feel like ron is not ron harry is really judgmental of everyone's outfits
1: so that's like the kind of thing that i like love because it's so like weirdly out of character that I like really like it as being part of Harry's character It's just being like a little bit shitty and ju- like it's like oh this is what you look forward to doing with Malfoy when you two finally hook up. It's just like sitting in a park somewhere like judging people that walk by you. Um, which, you know, as a Scorpio rising and moon is an activity I really love. I know it sucks. It's also fun. Whatever.
0: Oh, I also love doing that.
1: You're also a Scorpio (laughs) rising. And a Capricorn moon? Of course you do. That's like that's where Scorpios and Capricorns get along best is judging everyone around them.
0: Is this is this is why is this how is this why we're such good friends? (laughs) 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 Well we like to judge everyone. Probably. Uh, Yeah, I mean like he calls like uh poverty's dress shockingly pink. And it's like
1: Oh, I think shocking pink is a color.
0: Do you think it's a color that Harry knows?
1: Yeah, because it's a very 90s color. Because he says she's looking very pretty in those robes of shocking pink. I think that's just a... Just, it's like he means like Barbie box pink. Not what you think of as Barbie pink, but the the box Barbie comes yeah, in Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I think I also think of that as like... That always reminds me of somehow Pepto-Bismol pink, which I still also kind of like as a color.
1: No, Barbie pink. This is much brighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's almost neon. Lisa Frank Pink. Is that more helpful?
0: Yeah, that is actually much more helpful. Right. Uh, She looks great. Padman looks great. I also want to point out that he says that Crab and Goyle look like two moss-colored bolters (laughs) in their (laughs) dress robes.
1: (laughs) I love it. Do you remember we got... I think we talked about it for a Letter to the Editor episode... Someone wrote in and was like, Crab and Goyle are obviously each other's dates, and that's why they match, which, like, I fucking love so much. <laughs> I just love yeah. it. I love Harry being like, Haha, they didn't get dates. And you're like, Um, Harry, stop being so heteronormative. My dude.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, just a uh, special shout out to McGonagall and her plaid robes, her plaid dress robes,
1: and her her thistle wreath hat accessory such a gay outfit mcgonigal is wearing
0: i don't like how harry's like it's fucking ugly i'm like this outfit fucking rolls yeah, it Harry. Fuck up.
1: <laughs> it's incredible
0: it's all it is incredible uh also whose outfit is incredible is ludo bagman who looks like a cartoon wizard <laughs> This oh, shit, Ramos what is Bart, he like, wearing? Is it like purple with like yellow stars? Good for him. He's wearing a Frizzle dress essentially. That's incredible. <laughs> I lo-
1: I have like I never knew that I loved Ludo Bagman previous to this reading. But like every time he's in here I'm just like I really just love you.
0: <laughs> he's just a himbo having a good time. Yeah. A Making very some really bad
1: bisexual himbo. Yes. Bless him. I love him. Yeah,
0: making some bad uh, money decisions, but I mean what Himbo Bisexual Among Us has not. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, right. we've seen some we're seeing some uh great outfits.
1: welcome to the health and science section where we talk about magic and science and magical science
0: first off we get uh, we we get an answer to what Sirius was going to tell Harry about how to defeat the dragon which was the conjunctivitis curse Mm -hmm. and again I think that that would have been hard for Harry to do from the ground and I think trying to blind uh, again an angry mother dragon is a real terrible idea (laughs)
1: Yeah, it didn't go well for Crumb.
0: No, did not. <laughs> uh we also get more live fairy decorations, which again Yep. And like they bes- bespelled to just like be decoration, that seems very dubious. Very I dubious. so
1: I was upset about it and then I tried to calm myself by deciding that they are like being compensated in some way. It's just like Hey, especially because this time they're outside. They're not like contained to a Christmas tree. It's just like, will you come hang out in this grotto? Maybe they're like, we'll give you mead and like, I don't know, 20 fairy dollars to like hang out for the evening and like do whatever you want. You just have to like sit in these rose bushes and like spy on these kids. That seems like that made me feel better.
0: No, that seems very realistic. I mean, Dumbledore probably speaks fairy.
1: Someone definitely does, right? Yeah. Oh, nope. That was a really good joke. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> <But a book. laughs> just, just so everyone knows, Jessie did the hand motions of her own, like, <laughs> <did a thing. laughs> um, um, I would, like, if I was a fairy and someone was like, free drinks, free gossip, 20 bucks, hang out in some, like, beautiful rose bushes for an evening like okay (laughs) sounds great i
0: mean yeah i would do that now that sounds like a great evening (laughs)
1: yeah exactly
0: (laughs) so yeah uh and then lastly i guess this is more culture than health and science but harry has pointed out that there is a statue of father christmas Mm -hmm. i don't remember if we get father christmas descriptions before now but does that mean that santa is a witch Because why else would there be a Father Christmas statue at Hogwarts? I
1: mean, Father Christmas predates Santa. The, like, you know, bearded nature spirit of Yule, I think, is like just kind of got blended in with Santa
0: over the years. That's fair. So there is a possibility that this is a, like, witch father christmas
1: i think it's definitely a witch father christmas and also like santa is obviously either a witch or a time lord so yes in all cases
0: yes okay yeah well yeah those are my last things perfect
1: great so next time we'll be reading the second half of this incredibly long chapter Uh, Before we leave, I just want to do a few things. One, thank you, Kaylee, for leaving us a donation. We appreciate it so much. Two, thank you so much to all of our new patrons and all of our patrons who've been able to up your pledges. Your help is invaluable. We're so grateful.
0: Yeah, I really super appreciate everyone at this rough time in the world opening up their wallets a little bit. Yeah.
1: Navigating the U.S. healthcare system is terrifying
0: uh yeah it's the worst the fucking worst so
1: yeah so
0: (laughs) so thank you everyone
1: um and then lastly just thank you to uh i will never find a unique name and teaching and traveling for leaving us beautiful (laughs) reviews
0: what an excellent uh review name that is i know it's so good (laughs) um
1: all right so this podcast and our other podcast, Escape from Reality, where we talk about the Simon Snow series by Rainbow Rowell are both creations of Hashtag Ruthless Productions and are created by both of us in a way that we haven't figured out yet now that it's both of our full-time jobs.
0: um, You, if you're not already, should be following us on social media. Uh, we are at the profit on both Twitter and Instagram if you want some levity to your feed in this dark time. Oh,
1: that's a great point. Just so everyone knows, we've made an agreement that we're posting fun stuff because the world is just trash fire and is terrifying. And we all need to like laugh and feel close and seen and good. And we're going to try really hard to give that to you.
0: Yeah, I mean... being a a source of joy in this dark time is i mean really one of the big reasons we even still talk about this book by this terrible author Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah and if you also feel that way you should leave us a review on itunes we really appreciate that because we read every one of them and since we can't hear you yelling at your phone Mm -hmm. uh it's good to know what you're all thinking yeah
1: Um, If you want to find me upon the internet, you can do so on Instagram, where I'm at Lark Malachi, or you can go to my website, which is LarkMalachi.com. And also, you can pre-order my tarot deck in our shop at HashtagRuthless.com slash shop.
0: Hell yeah! Um, if you want to see where I am in my very long, uh, rehabilitation, uh... Progress. You can follow me on Instagram at Live from Detroit, or you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Jesse underscore Detroit.
1: Our show art is by Theo Julian Forrester. The music in our theme song is by Kevin McLeod. And until next time,
0: new man on the Begarian Quidditch team. Okay. <laughs>